Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. Today, I'm going to share a very special episode with you, a very personal episode. It's all about what I was going through when I was in the midst of my struggle with binge eating and trying my first attempts at recovery on my own, doing my own work with myself. So this was about 2007 when I first started practicing intuitive eating. My struggle with food started in college and then it went on for about 10 more years after college and In 2007 was a time where I was really ready to be done. And when I first started working on it myself, but then it wasn't until about 2010 that I truly broke free when I sought more help and uh, coaching guidance. So in 2007, I was at this place where I started to look at self-help books around working on my relationship with food, specifically related to binge eating and overeating behaviors. And one of the books that I was using at that time talked about intuitive eating in a way, not the book intuitive eating, but it was a different type of book that used the principles of intuitive eating in it. Anyway, I have the journal entries that I made as I was going through this process of self-help. I've kept these journals for years, all these years, and I see them occasionally on the shelf and I always think, okay, why don't I just throw them away? But I don't because it reminds me of where I was and how far I've come and how I'm completely different now. And it also helps me to remember where others still are in the trenches, perhaps struggling in their relationships with food. So these journals remind me of what it was like for me because once you've been away from something for a long time, you forget what it was like to be living it day in and day out. And I like to look at these journals occasionally to remind myself of those days And today on the episode, I want to share some of these entries with you. And I also want to say that it could be triggering for some people if you are in the throes of a food struggle. I don't want to trigger you, so that's just a caution. So if you're going to be easily triggered, if you sense you might be, if you fear it's going to send you into a spiral of bad feelings to hear me talk about my experiences then just do some self-care and don't listen. But if you're like, no, I really want to hear Rebecca's experience with this and I can handle hearing someone else's personal experience without getting triggered, then wonderful, continue to listen. And first I'll share 
some of the journal entries, but then I'll also share some insights and recommendations that I want want to just offer based on things that I noted in my journal at that time that were working for me and helping me. And the main reason I really am sharing this as a podcast episode is because I want you to hear and understand that I've lived it too. I've walked in a lot of the same shoes that many of you may be walking in in terms of how you feel about food and how you feel about your body or your eating. Probably everything that you feel in your relationship with food, I've gone through it too. And that is why this work that I teach is so powerful and why the way that I lead you in this process of healing is so powerful. And it's why my work goes as deep as it goes. It goes beyond just working with food and eating, and it goes into the depths of your whole being and working on your body, your mind, and your soul relationships, working on that mind and soul nourishment as well as the physical nourishment from food, because everything is interrelated and impacted. And these aren't just theories that I teach and help you embody. This is an actual lived experience that I have from walking the path before you so that I can help you collapse the time in learning and arriving where you'd like to go faster in healing your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. So this work feels very personal. It feels intimate and also very powerful to me all at the same time, which is why I really love to teach it and coach people on it. So let's begin. I'm going to read some of the things that I wrote down after my eating events, and you'll be able to hear what was happening in my world and the thoughts and feelings that I was experiencing at that time. So here's the first entry. I had to remind myself to slow down. I was going to eat more, but I felt into my stomach and I felt my level of hunger and I honored my stomach's signals of fullness. Next entry. This was so incredibly hard. I'm full. It's bedtime. I couldn't stop, but I didn't binge. But I wasted my time. I didn't spend time with husband because I wanted to eat food so bad. I feel like I need to exercise it off tomorrow, but my back is still hurting. So at that time I was married. I'm not anymore. Another entry I wrote, I feel fat and I feel yucky and I like it and like I ate way too much, but my stomach feels okay. I see this as something happening in my mind, judging that I ate way too much, but maybe I didn't. I feel satisfied with what I did choose to eat. Another entry. I had to once again remind myself to slow down and to savor And that really helped. I honored what my stomach was saying and I stopped at comfortably full. Next entry. I didn't really need a snack. It was all just a craving. But my stomach is not over full. Yet I feel fat, sort of. Another entry. I had an urge to binge, but I did not binge. Harvey, 
who was my dog, needed to go outside. That break helped me to feel my fullness in my stomach and realize more food would not help this sluggish, low-energy feeling that I have. Harvey saved me again, and now I feel done. Another entry. I had a binge. It came out of nowhere. I had done so good today until bedtime. The TV was on. That was probably a problem. Another entry. I feel positive about what I chose to eat. There was no overwhelm in choosing what to eat. But there was lots of anxiety about work and what to do in the future. Apparently at that time, something was going on in my career. I don't even remember what it was. Next entry. No binge, but I stood at the countertop in the kitchen during the whole meal. I didn't sit down, but I didn't stuff myself. I'm slightly overfull. Next entry. Zero cravings. I ate a balanced breakfast. Next entry. No TV. I'm full, but I did not binge or feel out of control. Next entry. No carb cravings. I got up by 8 a.m. ready to get started. And that was sometimes a big deal because at this time um, of my life, I was often feeling a bit tired and unmotivated. I remember I was working from home at this time, so I would get up without an alarm clock, but often I was so unmotivated to start my day and would waste a lot of time in the morning. Sometimes I'd have morning binges. And that um, feeling unmotivated in the morning had a lot to do with my challenging relationship with food and exercise. And therefore, noting this was really an, an important thing for me to write down that I was ready to get started. That was a unique uh, event for me to just want to get started with my day and not waste time. Next entry. I got lost in the abyss, borderline out of control feeling. And that's all I wrote because that is what it would often feel like to me. I would just zone out and feel like I went into an abyss and just eat. Next entry. I ate more than I wanted, but I'm not stuffed. I'm more just annoyed by my cravings and by my choices. I feel like I was eating emotionally somewhat due to having so much to do today. Next entry. Not really sure if I'm hungry. I did not exercise today and I ate two huge meals. I feel bloated and full and very annoyed with myself, but I will not give up. I will learn how to hear my body and honor it. Next entry. I had an urge to eat carbohydrates. That's often what I would binge on, is things like breads and cereals. And then I also write, but I made myself have protein and that carb craving subsided. I felt content. Another entry. I really made an effort for more protein. I think it helped with the carb cravings and the overeating. I'll keep trying it to see for sure. And just a side note, I want to point out here that there's nothing wrong with eating carbs. You need carbs. Carbs are wonderful. I eat a lot of carbs still today, 
but we also need protein. And for me at that time, I was it was really easy for me to not eat enough protein for the amount of exercise and activity that I was doing, and this would cause me to want to binge on carbs. So that's why I was trying to eat more protein and noting how it was making me feel. So I don't want you to think that carbs are wrong, like diet culture has preached many times. This is just something I was trying in that moment of time to see how my hunger and satisfaction responded. Okay, another entry. I'm much more full than I want to be. I want to go to bed, but I can't because I want to eat. I just could not pick something to eat, so I ate everything. Then I ate more because of more cravings. I'm feeling very lazy, and I made no plans for my meal. Next entry. Once again, I had no plan. I just started munching. I didn't make a meal and sit down to eat. I had such intense cravings. I ate until I was full by giving into the cravings. I would say it was a minor binge. I felt like I could lose control, but I didn't. Next entry. I ignored my fullness and I overate. I regret it, of course, and I'm not sure what I was trying to feed. I had zero mindfulness during my eating. Another entry. It was supposed to be a snack, and it turned into a binge. I think I was trying to calm my anxiety, and it just went too far. Next entry. I got too hungry, but I didn't binge or feel like I was eating emotionally. Next entry. I had tons of urges and cravings. The TV was on. Was that a problem? It was going, I was going to stop several times, but I ate more. I continued watching my thoughts and trying not to react. I tried to wait for the urges to pass, to ride that wave. Next entry. I'm feeling very unmotivated right now. I have cravings. I've been watching them. I've been breathing through them, and I've stretched my body, and they've left. Another entry. I got too hungry, but I did okay and worked very hard to eat mindfully. Just a couple more that I'll share because I'm, you're probably getting bored by now. <laughs> so just two more. Next entry. I was craving more, but I left the kitchen for a bit. I cleaned up and then went, didn't want to eat anymore. And the last one. I ate too much. I always end up feeling more full later on. The urges were intense, but I did not binge. Okay, so by now you get the gist of what was going on in my life uh, in my relationship with food at that time. And I'm just curious if any of those things that I wrote down, if you relate to them at all, if you've ever thought them, experienced them, let me know. I would love to hear and now I just want to share some of the things that were really key for me to practice every single day that helped me in my particular situation at that time. The first is noticing the what the heck effect because I did fall into that a lot. And I've talked about this on past episodes about what this what the heck effect is. 
specifically episode 26. I go into a lot of detail about it, but basically this is where we will make an excuse to just eat more or to just start eating, but it's an irrational excuse that gets us to eat. It's not really logical when we think about it, when we realize what that voice is in our mind, yet it can be very, very convincing to us to cause us to eat if we're not aware that it's happening. And once I started to notice how my what-the-heck effect looked like, that was a very important moment because once I recognized it and was aware of it, I was able to then better coach myself through it. Another thing that was really important for me in my personal journey was simply walking away from the food. My binges most often happened in the evening. And as you maybe heard in those entries, I often had the distraction of watching TV while I ate. And it and that made it more difficult for me because I wasn't being fully present with my food. And it's not that watching TV is a bad thing while you eat, but... In my situation where I had this binge eating behavior, it was really hard for me to be present with my food because I wasn't an intuitive eater at that time. Now, when we're embodied and living as intuitive eaters, we can have distractions around us, but because we're so so much listening to our body for when to stop, we just naturally stop eating even if there's distractions. So... I just wanted to mention that, but it's interesting because now I don't have a television, but at that time, every night was TV time. And that was a thing that started in college because it was my way of taking a break to turn the TV on while I ate because I was on the go so much. I was always studying or at class or I was working. You know, those of you who have been in college and university, you know how busy it can be and how stressful at times it can be. And TV was the way that I'd shut my mind off and just give myself a break during that one moment of the day. So in a way, it was a form of self-care, but then in many ways, it caused challenges for me and was not self-care in terms of not allowing me to be present with my food. So just getting back to what I was doing by leaving the room, by going into a different room and just giving myself a chance to shift my surroundings and my environment, it also shifted my state and kind of snapped me back into the present moment and allowed me to feel like, oh, okay, I'm done eating now. Another thing that really helped me was feeling into what I truly wanted to eat. And I've talked about this a lot on podcast episodes, that unconditional permission to eat what you want. And I had a lot of rules back then around what I believed I should eat and should not eat, when I should eat and when I should not eat. And so this was probably one of the most challenging things for me to work on was releasing my own food rules. But when I really allowed myself to eat what I was truly desiring to eat without making a judgment about it, I also felt much more satisfied with the eating process and after being done eating. And it was easier to then stop and be done. Another note that I have here is that I made a reminder to myself to savor and slow down and relax 
while I was eating. I remember it was very hard for me to sit while I ate. I was usually pacing or I was standing up. But when I could get myself to just sit down at a table and be present with my food and savor it and eat mindfully, wow, what a difference it made. And it still makes for me too today, you know, it's like I said before, now that I'm an embodied intuitive eater, I naturally just stop eating when I'm comfortably full. However, for any human being, whether they have a difficult relationship with food or not, anytime we are eating, the more we can be mindful and savor our food, the better the eating experience is going to be. Now, another super important thing that helped me later on, not as much at this time in 2007 when I was writing these journal entries, but more in 2010 when I made huge shifts and changes and forward progress in my relationship with food and, and with my body as well, and I never went back to that old way, was just getting out and living my life more. So during my disordered eating days, my life had become very small. I had basically created this very small, in-a-box life that revolved around obsessing about food, micromanaging my eating, and then exercising a lot. So in 2010, I really began this process of nourishing my soul. And this took courage because it did feel uncomfortable to leave that familiarity and that certainty of the eating pattern, but I really was at my dieting rock bottom and fully ready to go all in on being free of that and living my life ready to be done with uh, obsessing about food. And so I decided I was no longer going to allow food and body obsession to deplete my energy and to steal my joy. And so I started to socialize more. I started to go out more in the evenings um, when often that would be the binge time for me. I started traveling. I met new people. I just had fun in new ways And that process of breaking myself out of the food prison and back into living life really helped me to not care as much about food. It just wasn't as important because I was feeding my true hungers in life more and more. I was being nourished in my whole being more and more which helped me to nourish myself with food in a more balanced and ease-filled way. And so that's the episode today. It's a slightly different vibe than what I usually share and teach, but when I saw those journal entries, you know, those journals again recently, I wanted to bring you into my past a little and show you what I was personally going through with my own eating. And I just want you to know that I'm so excited to be here with you today, to be able to share this podcast, to do the work that I do, and be able to support you in your own healing of your relationship with food and stepping into feeling like a truly nourished woman who is living her best life, just like I have done for myself. 
I'm here to help women break free from the bondage of dieting, the bondage of food rules, the bondage of food fears, the bondage of food obsessions, body struggles, overeating, whatever you might be dealing with, and to help you become what I call an embodied intuitive eater, where you're just eating with your natural body's rhythm and it's innate hunger and fullness signals where your eating is easy. There's no rules. It's stress-free. It's delicious. It's savoring. It's yummy. It's peaceful. It's pleasurable in all the ways that it's supposed to be without any judgments of I'm not supposed to get pleasure from my food because yes, we are supposed to get lots of pleasure from food And when we do, we eat less. And this happens by getting out of our heads and back into our bodies. When we're able to remove the obstacles and barriers to being an intuitive eater, barriers such as diet mentality, food rules, eating guilt, eating shame, body shame, negative self-talk, food policing, body worries, body judging, fearing our own emotions. When we can release these obstacles, we're able to get back into our bodies so that we can feel and honor our biological hunger and fullness and honor it. And we can then really savor our food and also feel that peace and pleasure from food and be that embodied intuitive eater who has true ease and balance both in their body and with food. And my newest program, The Peace Process, is about helping you do exactly these things to remove these barriers so that you can have that peaceful, easy, nourishing, free relationship with food and feel empowered and beautiful in your body. This is like the foundational work to get there in this program called The Peace Process. And it's now open as pre-sale for enrollment. So the content will be dropping into the learning portal online. And so anyone who enrolls now at the lowest price will get access to the content as I'm creating it. And you can begin to learn and practice as I'm creating it and dropping it in. And then Come mid or late January, there will be live coaching and Q&A happening. The reason why the coaching and Q&A component is not happening yet is because I'm going to be traveling a lot um, up until about mid-January, just this last couple months of the year. So that's why you can start learning and practicing on your own now. But then come January will be the live program aspects where we'll get on zoom and I'll be answering your questions and coaching you. And right now, once again, the peace process is at the lowest pre-sale price and the price will go up as we get closer to January. So if you want to start the program now, the doors are open for you. I'm ready to welcome you. Just send me an email or message me on Instagram. If you want to get started, I think Personally, that this is a great time of year to start something like this as we go into the holidays. That way you have this support as we face holiday food season, but also on into the new year with diet culture ramping up their marketing campaigns and all the stuff about weight loss diets that we get plagued with at that time of year. It's really 
a great moment for anybody who struggles with their body and their relationship with food to step into this high vibe, safe space, to come play and be empowered, to come learn, to come practice new things, to really come to the place where you can break free from all those past struggles, to become a truly nourished woman. This is the time, if you feel called, to step into my world and take the opportunity at this lower price to work with me in this um, container called the peace process. So once again, if you're interested, just reach out and I'll give you all the info how to get started. And until next time, sending you so much love. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and written review for the show. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Feel free to tag me on Instagram so that I can say thank you. Let's all rise and change the world by living as truly nourished women together. If you want to work with me, head to my site, RebeccaLaurelHill.com or send me a direct message on socials and I'll be in touch. See you on the next episode. Much love to you.